Hello and welcome to the Dallas Soccer Show. I'm Dustin Nation, and today we're talking about FC Dallas's 2-2 draw with Montreal. We chat with Paxton Pomacol after training, and we'll take a quick look at the weekend's NYCFC match, if it happens. And joining us from his couch in his man cave, where he's recovering from bossing the FC Dallas training information scene, is Jonathan Roz. Doing all right, Jonathan? I'm doing pretty good, Dustin. You you recovering? You uh, uh do you need I, a I, cold compress? No, I, I'm I'm doing okay. And of course I am sterilizing multiple times a day, so you know. Just in case. Just in case. <laughs> all right. Um well on the weekend, FC Dallas played Montreal. Thierry Henri's Montreal. It first half pretty uneventful. Then FC Dallas kind of went to sleep, allowed Mont- uh, Montreal, specifically Maxi Arruti, the Argentinian archer, to grab two goals, really weird fluke goals um, mm-hmm. from real close range uh, and to put FC Dallas down two to nothing. Then FC Dallas was able to do what they seemed to do and show that heart and claw back with a Cobra goal and then a 94th, is it 90th? 90th minute. The the final goal was ninety fifth minute, yeah. A ninety fifth minute Ricardo Pepe scrappy goal to salvage the point, and both teams went away with a share of the spoils. Jonathan, before we get started on on talking about the game, are you are you still full from Dollar Dog Night and Dollar Beer Night? Um, why? Well, unfortunately, uh, you know, being media, I didn't get uh, to. To, to drink a lot of dollar beers during the FC Dallas match, but uh, I did. The, there was the, exactly there was there was a, there was a NTSC uh, game afterwards where I did at least stay and have one beer and hang out with Walter and a couple other people and watch some uh, um, some USL League One preseason. Uh, but I mean, I kind of like what I'm seeing from FC Dallas, and I think the I, I saw. You know, one thing I think that was executed kind of poorly for the second week from an SC Dallas perspective, there's I think they're still trying to figure out this paid parking. Mm. Uh, so they started this year with paid parking. For people who have tickets, you have to use the Access app to actually have them scan it in the parking lot. And then, you know, it gives you credit and then you go and park. Um, my experience using that, that app is sometimes it takes <laughs> – 10, 15 tries, especially in the sun, for them to get, actually get it to scan. Uh, there's no bright mode? <laughs> I, I'd, per, perhaps there's no bright mode. I don't know. I think it's with the scanners. So it may, I understand what they're doing, right? Um, but it's really, really caused, I think, a very late arrival crowd both the first two games. And it's not like FC Dallas had fans that like to get there early already, so it's just made things even worse. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know in, in the last game, uh, while the match was actually kicking off, there was I don't know, probably a 10-minute line out the door on the it would have been the, the side that, on the east side that I'm on. Um, and then, of course, with it being dollar beer, dollar beer, dollar hot dog day, um, people came in and oftentimes got immediately in line. Um, I love I love the idea of the dollar beer. Uh, I was actually quite impressed that it wasn't just, you know, like uh, eight ounce uh, Bud Lights or something. But, you know, it was pretty much everything that they had in the in the stadium was was a dollar. Full on White Claw. You could have got a white girl wasted. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. So that part was. I mean, I I I love the idea. Uh, I'm I'm hoping. I think there's one more dollar de- dollar. 
I keep saying dollar deer, dollar beer day um, this season. I'm hoping they'll learn something and maybe set up some additional stands just for the beer and the hot dogs or something because the the lines for dollar beer were pretty long. Um, I know I did, <laughs> I waited to try to get a hot dog for my family for about 20 minutes before the game started and, and not to count the, all the people who hadn't even made it in the stadium yet. So, uh, you could tell the, the, the stands did not fill up until almost halftime in that second game. Yeah. Well, I mean, the good news for those people that were queuing up for hot dogs and beer is that they didn't miss a whole lot in that first half. So uh, I mean, it was kind of another slow start for FC Dallas. They We saw the same thing happen against Philadelphia, where that first half, it was a lot of feeling out. A lot of feeling out and a lot of probing, but not a whole lot of clear-cut chances. And the same thing happened against Montreal. Um, FC Dallas did seem to like dominate the play, Should maybe should have gone up a couple of goals um, just due to some poor fishing. Poor, poor fishing, yes. Um, poor finishing in in that first half but really i mean another kind of i don't know a, a, a half to forget it was a half to forget but i think unlike the first game i agree i think fc dallas left goals on the table so they had uh, eight shots uh two on target in the first half uh which was i think it was only three in the first half of the of the first match um so that was that was a, a significant improvement, and there was actually two really good chances. Uh, there was, a, I think, around the twentieth minute, uh, there was a, a, a Mikey cross to uh, to Cobra, um, and Cobra tries to tap it in the goalkeeper, and the uh, the the, the center back uh, Waterman, I think, is his name, mm-hmm. managed to deflect it out for uh, for a corner. So that was a good opportunity. Um, and then there was also in the twenty eighth minute, there was a beautiful kind of forty yard. Uh, over the top ball again from Cobra to Mikey. Uh, Mikey got it in stride, laid it off to Jesus, and Jesus, you know, kicked it right to the keeper. So it, it was a maybe a mix between good keeping and, and bad execution. But um, I mean, to me, they needed those goals in the first half. Uh, so so maybe I, I think it looked better in the first half than it did in the first game. But in the end, it was still zero zero. Yeah, definitely an improvement, but still. Uh, you want to see them. You want to see them convert, and and the kind of chances that they had. You, they've got to put them away if you're going to win games later on in the season. So hopefully, there's some improvement there. Um, I want to talk a little bit about kind of the game plan that I kind of saw. I know that there was some talk about Fafa Pico and how he kind of went went invisible in that match. And I think he, I don't have the stats in front of me, but he, I think he had ten or fifteen touches, one of the lowest amount of touches on the field. Um, and people were were complaining that it's because he went invisible, he wasn't in the right spots. Uh, that's not what I saw. What I saw, and I don't, I mean, let's see if you saw the same thing, Jonathan, was that it really looked like in this match, more so than the first match, uh, FC Dallas was trying to attack that right side. They were going to Mikey, and they were going down the right side, attacking the right fullback, the right center back, and um, really trying to exploit that right side and Mikey's speed. Whereas in the Philadelphia game, there was more of the Hollingshead going and uh, Pico connection going down the left. Um, so, yeah, did you see the same thing, or am I? I- uh, no, I saw that too, and, and I don't remember. I agree that uh, Fafa definitely had one of the lowest touches, if not the lowest touches, 
um, on the team. And, and I saw something similar. And I, I don't know if they were per, if there was something they saw on the right side that Lucci saw on the right side that made them want to go up there, or if it was also a little bit of Hollingshead. Uh, you know, maybe protecting him a little bit of, of rust from not practicing. I think the first time he practiced last week was on Friday. Um, so it could be a little bit of both. Um, Mikey was dangerous all game. So uh, I think what they did with Mikey definitely was working. Yeah, I, I, he's definitely been, I mean, aside from Cobra, who's got two goals, Mikey's been definitely the most shall we say, dangerous offensive player for FC Dallas. He's the one that's been able to to find the most ways to to get in behind the opposition and, and cause really cause problems. So, um, and, and, and one of the things that Lucci said in the post-game press conference about Mikey was, you know, that, that, that he's really working with Mikey this year to have Mikey try to create some shots for himself, get in the box, create some chances, you know, not just be the the assist guy. Um, you can already see a little bit of that taking shape in in the first two games, but uh, it's it's going to be interesting to watch how Barrios' game uh, kind of evolves throughout the season. So it's a, something to keep an eye on. For sure. It, and uh, we were out of training today. This is Wednesday, recording on Wednesday. Uh, and it, I, I I think I noticed that Barrios is trying – I think he's trying to blend into the New York City um, – Stadium, he's got the in the signage there because he's got light blue hair. He's he's dyed his mohawk light blue. Yeah, I noticed that as well. So maybe some some meta gaming going on here. But uh, speaking of meta gaming, uh, FC Dallas crowd started cheering at Maxia Rudy in the second half, um, kind of giving him a little shtick, and he he responded by scoring two goals. And we kind of talked about about them already, um, they're kind of tap-ins. And it really looked like FC Dallas just, they lost their focus for a little bit. And after the, in the post-game press conference, uh, Luchi Gonzalez uh, was talking about how they, as a team, they need to, and it, you'll, if you if you listen to our podcast and listen to Luchi, you've heard the word balance before. Um, and it's something that is a theme in just about almost everything Luchi tries to do. And so he said, you know, listen, we've we're kind of roller a roller coaster of a team at the moment. We go too high, and he puts his hand up high, and he says, we go too low, and he puts his uh, hand down low. Like we want to ride somewhere closer to to center. Uh, we don't want to get too high and bur- burn ourselves out because it's unsustainable. We can't go, we can't go like we went at the end of the game for the whole game. So, you know, that's kind of speaking to people out there who said, uh, you know well, why don't they just do that the whole game and then they win, right? <laughs> um, but then they also don't want to go too low. And I think that, that that's what he's talking about there with the goals where they kind of took their foot off the gas. They, for whatever reason, uh, stopped. I don't know. They just a lot of concentration. Yeah, he's, he said they played flat for about 15 to 25 minutes and basically let Montreal into the game, right? So that's... It, it agreed. It, it's it is about finding the balance. Some of that I think is just early in the season, um, the the players finding their pace. But 
uh, it definitely was the case where you know, there was, you know, the the two goals that came from Maxi were 10 minutes apart, right? There was that yeah. little bit of time after the second half, and we saw this some last year too, um, where the, the team just relaxed a little bit too much and then, you know, got on the back foot and had to had to fight back for, you know, any points. And ironically enough, I, I think part of the turning sort of turning point of last season was when that exact same th- thing happened against Montreal in Montreal. And um, Cobra was it? We came back and drew that game, right? Just it was it was a draw. I think Cobra did. Cobra scored, and it was his first game. Like it was his, it was his coming out party. Yes. So so we should be used to this with Montreal, right? We should just have expected that uh, you know FC Dallas was just going to come back and tie it up. So yeah, I think we'll we'll see them sort this out, and and it will get better as as time goes on. But um, yeah, it, it definitely was visions of of 2019 against Montreal. So uh, speaking of 2019, Dustin, uh, Jesus was the golden boot winner for FC Dallas with, I think a beautiful eight goals, but how does he, how do you think he's looking so far this year? He's looking confused to me. I mean, you could see when he gets the ball, there's, he's not letting his instincts take over. He's, he's having, he's thinking too much. And I think that, that either, the position or the system is kind of gotten in his head this season, and he's not flowing with what he's with what he's used to doing as a striker and um, for for all these years, and it, even from what we saw last season, I, I think I think that he's just overthinking something, and it'd be nice to to see him kind of, and I don't know whether it's going to take playing in a role that he's more used to or in a so I don't know what it's going to take but I, I want to see him essentially stop thinking about it so much and, and and be able to use his instincts because the in when he overthinks it he makes bad decisions such as Rudy's second goal where he crossed it basically to the other team you could tell there was supposed to be some upfield spin on it but it didn't it went backfield and and essentially set up Montreal for that second goal. So, you know, um, not great performances from Jesus Ferreira. I'm not ready to bend him off. I, I think no, it's, yeah. it's good. <laughs> and, and, and neither is Lucci, right? And I think one of the, you know, some of the things that Lucci likes about Jesus is, number one, he knows Jesus, right? He's comfortable with him as a player. Uh, he likes the flexibility that Jesus brings, being able to play multiple positions for the club. Um, and, and, you know, when we've talked to him at practice, uh, talked to Lucci at practice, it seems like, you know, he's really, um, he wants to continue to give Jesus opportunities so that he can get rid of some of that rust. Right. So he, he can, his flow was back kind of, as you were saying, right. And, and, and Lucci believes that, you know, these opportunities will, at some point, right, th- these things will straighten out and we'll begin to see the player that we saw you know, at the beginning of the season last year. Yeah, maybe he gets some time down at these Olympic qualifiers and he gets some of that confidence back and some of that um, instinct back. Yeah, and- but, I mean, but, but, you know, 69% passing accuracy, which is what his stat was last in the last match, lowest on the club. That's, that's, that's not good enough. And I think it's, it was just an indicator of what we could see with our eyes when we watched the game. So, uh, yeah, ho- hopefully he comes back from the Olympic qualifiers and he's, he's ready to go. For sure. But then towards the end of the match, the, the comeback was on 
we got our our favorite our favorite Czech player uh, got another goal. It's two for two this season, goal a game. Yeah, and it was a beautiful setup by by Cannon on the right hand side. I think actually we, the uh, the hockey assist from Santos um, to Cannon and Cannon, uh, you know, got got Cobra right on the, the the top of his noggin um, in stride. And honestly, it's it's as in, as as somebody's been watching FCD for a number of years, it's been a long time since we've seen somebody who can actually get on the end of those type of crosses. So it's it's. It was a beautiful thing to see, and hopefully we'll see more of that. But um, to me, it was just as much the 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 on time pass from Cannon as it was a, a, a beautiful finish from Cobra. So that that part was great, and then of course, Peppy, right, well, Dustin? I just want to say, like uh, you mentioned that the the service from Reggie, like that's the thing, that's the part of his game that I've been wanting to see more from him, and the, I think is probably the lacking. In a, in a modern for him in his game in what Lucci is asking of a fullback and what the modern game asks of a fullback is they're going to need to send in service from the wing and and to be able to see Reggie put something that on target is is good to see and I want to see more of it this season but yeah uh, Pepe he scored his first professional goal uh, yes not professional first MLS goal because North yep. Texas SC is a professional squad. That's true, and and I think it was almost uh, I'm gonna call it Maxi like because it was a very opportune goal, just like the two that Maxi scored. Uh, I think I I don't know if Cobra was was actually going for an assist. Uh, he didn't get one, or if that was a, a mishit shot that uh, went over to Pepe. But either way, it landed at Pepe's feet. He cleaned it up. That's what counts. Yeah, I, I saw people say he whiffed. He said he he just backheeled it because he saw Pepe running in. Pepe said Cobra backheeled it. We're going to go with backhill because, you know, homers were homers. Of course, of course. <laughs> All right. So as it as it stood, FC Dallas has four points after two matches, dropping only two points. So I think leaving them in in fourth place, but behind the basically a trio of unbeaten teams in Sporting Kansas City, Minnesota, and Colorado of all teams. So. Uh, it's, it's interesting. We'll see how things pan out after they go to New York City, if they go to New York City. Um, but today we were actually able to meet up with Paxton Pomacall at training. Got to talk to him a little bit about, you know, some the Olympics coming up and something that's has been new but may not be uh, there, his, his mustache. So uh, we're going to take a little break. Talk to Pastor Pomical. When we come back, we will preview the New York City FC match. All right, we're here at practice with uh, Paxton Pomical. How's it going, Paxton? Good, good. It's going well. Just finished up uh, Wednesday training, uh, our heaviest day, so uh, kind of coasting to the weekend now. Yeah. I noticed somebody else is not joining us for this for this interview. It, uh, somebody on that generally relies, resides on your face the past couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah, I shaved the mustache yesterday. I mean, it's it's not like it was. Uh, I had it for only a few weeks, so I, everybody took it to storm like I was going to keep it forever. But I mean, it was just kind of like a joke at first, and then it kind of turned into something. So it'll be back uh, for sure, maybe a few times this year. But it's not like 
it's not my my thing, I guess. <laughs> yeah, we asked for questions to, to send to you, and, and that's like the number one thing people wanted to know about that's was crazy. a mustache. No, it's crazy. I, had to, I literally got back from uh, a preseason trip and had everything filled in, and I was like, for joke's sake, I was just going to uh, shave everything else but the mustache, and then... People kind of liked it and it stuck, but yeah, it was annoying me, so I shaved it yesterday. Let's be honest, you grew it because you wanted to look older, right? No. No. I, <laughs> I, no I, I'm being honest, it was a joke at first, because me and Ryan both did it, and then uh, he had to shave his, and I kind of just kept mine and made it into this thing, but yeah. It affect, be back, don't worry. Did it affect your off-the-field game at all, you know what I'm saying? No, no. <laughs> Uh, with or without it, I think I'll be okay in that field. But uh, yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, so obviously you're going to be going to uh, to Mexico after the game for New York yeah. City. Is there? I mean, as you go into that camp, is there anything anything different about that? I know obviously you were in the the U20 World Cup last year and you know did other things with the national teams. Is there, is there something special, different about you know Olympic qualifiers? I mean, I think it's very similar to the feeling you get uh, with with World Cup qualifiers for a uh, for a soccer player, you know, because the Olympics is equivalent for every other sport is equivalent to what the World Cup is for us. So um, it's it's kind of the same feelings. To, it's an honor, obviously, to represent. But I feel like the Olympics has a, a little bit more of a special meaning to Americans. And for, for me, I grew up watching the Olympics, watching Sean White, watching Michael Phelps, all these guys that are uh, – kind of American heroes in a way so to be able to represent the U.S. and hopefully qualify for for Tokyo that would be really cool. Cool and going into it we talked actually on Monday a little bit but going into it you're 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 feeling good? Yeah I'm feeling great today was a good day Uh, had a a heavy session like I said and um, hopefully go into the weekend feeling great and getting the three points in New York. Cool. I also noticed you and Hedges running the table on uh what is this the Boku ball, whatever the this uh, soccer table. Oh was. no, I was there yesterday. Don't worry, me me and uh, Edwin ran the table yesterday. I, but by, by the time I was done, I had to go inside because I, I was undefeated and you know winter stays, so I had I had to go get some you treatment. Just, you, just, you just gave up? Yeah, I just wa- I, you know we were five and zero, oh, and I was like leave leave on my high horse. You know I had to go get treatment. So so after the New York City match, you just hop on a plane down to Mexico. Is that how that works? Or? Yeah, basically, uh, Reg and I are flying out uh, Sunday. I think that's public knowledge uh at this point so we'll we'll go on sunday and meet meet the guys uh join them on sunday and uh, get ready for the game on friday look forward to having your uh, teammates down there with you i guess Jesus is already there yeah no it's obviously to represent the club uh is important and we we strive to represent uh the u.s national team at all levels so it's cool to be able to have three guys represent uh at this age group uh especially I know Brandon just came back from knee surgery. He he may have been there also, so that's four guys. And uh, we also have a lot of young guys playing, going with the 19s, 20s uh, to their respective camps in the next couple of weeks. So it's just a testament to what we do here. But obviously I'm happy to, uh, for myself and for the other guys getting called up to all these camps because uh, we play for FC Dallas, but we also represent the U.S. and want to play for them too. So we got some listener questions for you. Uh, Jeff Tepper from Facebook wants to know what specific skill are you working on right now and what skill do you think you'll be working on in the, as your future? Specific skill I'm working on right now is groin strength. <laughs> no, uh, on, a, on a serious note, I think just um, for me, set pieces uh, have been kind of poor in the past. So to, to clean up dead balls for myself, um, I'm never really going to be in the box, to be honest. So. Uh, I need to work on serving and kind of whipping in a good ball. 
Yeah. So year two under under Lucci's system, is there anything different going to this year than there was last year? Um, no, I mean, I think mentality is the same. Obviously, we're a little bit more prepared uh, just because it's a lot of the same guys. We know the system. We have the relationship built already. Obviously, Lucci had that relationship with a few guys, but, uh, you know, when a new coach comes in, you, you have to start creating that chemistry and uh, a lot of the guys have that already with him this year and I think we've kind of showcased uh, the progression we've made in preseason and uh, we're just going to hopefully keep growing and improving as a team. Another question we get a lot about you is uh, about your kind of your versatility but like what is your what is your best position what's your favorite position just for the people who are tuning in now to yeah. Paxton Pomoko because you're on the Olympic qualifier. <laughs> no I I don't know a best position is discretionary. It's whatever the coach needs me to play, I'm going to play. Um, I feel like some games I play better than others regardless of the position I'm in. So uh, that it helps being versatile, but at, at the end of the day, I, I like playing, so it doesn't really matter where. Uh, my favorite position, not my best position, but my favorite position, I, I prefer playing the 10 just because uh, 10 slash 8, if we play like with uh, two guys that just are beasts in the midfield like that. I, I, I enjoy working hard and running, so uh, to be able to create but also help the team uh, in the back, it's, it's kind of a nice freedom, but at the same time to be disciplined and, yeah, kind of a free eight is what I would call my uh, favorite position. But. All right, hey, thanks for your time. Good luck in New York. Good luck in Mexico. Thank you so much. Thanks, guys. All right, and we're back. That was uh, that was fun getting to talk to Paxton. Did you did you enjoy yourself, Roz? Uh, it was great. It would have been would have been better if you know there wasn't all the all the players screaming behind us the whole time. But yeah, was, what do they call was, that game? Was, the table tennis. You know, I'd, I I would have to look it up. I had to look it up when I was tweeting about it earlier this week. But uh, it's yeah, it's essentially table tennis soccer. Yeah, ping pong with a soccer ball. Uh, there's a, some some mad games going on right behind us. There was a a team meeting today, so they couldn't quite get us a, a room to be able to talk but you know what um it, it was fun to watch and it was what was even more fun was watch uh peter luchin actually go out and kind of school a lot of the players in that game with his with his heading and and his precision placement so kind of kind of fun to watch the staff get in on the action as well but speaking of action fc dallas and new york city square off on saturday early game eleven thirty central yep so that'd be noon 30 that's time. Noon 30. Good math, Dustin. Yeah. In New York City. Uh, New York City, not a great start to the season. No wins, no goals scored yet. And a red card. Yeah. At least at least an MLS play. They are in uh, this, the, the, this second round. There we go. Second round of the CCL competition. Uh, and as we're recording, it's 0-0 for uh, – uh, for them in, in leg one. Yes. So against Tigres. So no, no, uh, still no goals ever since the season started. We'll put it that way. The, the, the squad's not too unchanged from what they had last season. They've got a new center back. Other than that, it's, it's pretty much the same squad. They, they looks like they're rolling out in a little different of a formation. Um, trying to play, like they play a possession game. They, they, beat Toronto in possession. 
on this past weekend, but still lost the game one to nothing. Uh, so it'll be interesting because FC Dallas tries to play that same type of game. So it'll be interesting to see who wins the possession war and the passing war on the, the little, the little field in New York city, the Bronx. The, and I do think as, as we get into it, that's, I mean, that's likely going to play into what personnel packages Lucci going to look for, for that game. And, and potentially is this a, a time with, uh, different formations. If it's something that he would want to play with the the five three two three five two whatever we want to call it, uh, to take advantage of uh, or to adjust to the smaller playing uh, playing field that's in in New York. For sure, without the 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 extra width, you you it's all about overloading areas, and when you that's how you're going to get the ball to different places. And it's going to be about where where you put those players and, and how many players you get in a certain area. So uh, the 3-5-2 the would seem to give you a lot more flexibility on where you can throw players at any given moment in the game. So if you need to pull them back, you've got a 5-5 five, five at the back. If you need to throw them, you know, control the midfield a little bit more, you've got four in the midfield, so five in the midfield. So... Uh, is that how you think that uh, they'll roll out, Jonathan? Yeah, poten- potentially. And obviously, um, you know, they, they do close practices for later in the week. And so, and Lucci doesn't tell us anything tactically that he's doing. We could see that as they were practicing, I think you even tweeted it out earlier, Dustin, that um, they were in the 11v11, looked like they were playing on a little bit of a smaller field, probably prepping for, you know, they, they'd, they'd mark the sideline smaller, right? Yes. Um, prepping prepping for the New York City field. That's probably not unusual breaking news. I have a feeling that every every club that's going to go play uh, in Yankee Stadium and and try to pretend like it's a soccer field is going to do the same thing. Um, <laughs> so so I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised to see the three five two. I do think that uh, they're going to want to sit back and and play more direct than what we saw in the last match. So whether that's a Three five two with uh, with two people up top and playing more direct that way, or if it's just simply uh, sending uh, Mikey and Fafa up the wings, we'll we'll I think we'll see. I guess if I was going to have to make an official prediction, this is this is a, I think this would be this is a well, this is kind of a match build up show. You know, it's a yeah, mega show, right? Be, uh, yeah, we're we're smushing it all together because we got started late, so we could interview Paxton. Um, but no, if I was officially going to go, going to, going to make a prediction, I think I would, I would actually predict this would be the time to pay, play a five, three, two from the get go. I'm right there with you. So who do you got up top? Do you get the, uh, Mikey's one of them. Yes. What's interesting is if it's going to be Cobra next. So we, what we did see in practice today as well was that Cobra wasn't there. Uh, I didn't see, get any official word on where he was, but I did see third degree uh, posted something on Twitter about potentially some dental work or something. I don't know if that impacts Cobra's availability. Um, if 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 so, then um, oh, it's interesting. I, I, the would you see Ricardo Pepe? get a start in New York. I mean, he's a direct player. Yeah. If you're going to play direct up top. I, I, I think, I think you do. I think we see Ricardo Pepe. So that's my prediction is that we do see the three, five, two and that he starts up top. Um, the thing though, I think that we need to watch out for as uh, we're watching the game is if you remember, was it last season or the season before 
when when FC Dallas it was two seasons ago when FC Dallas went up to um, New York City and they started it was one of the first starts for Jacory Hayes and yep. we've got a similar situation going on right now with Tanner Testman and that he is a, a young guy and he's going to go up there and he's going to face some a really technical squad and there's a good chance that he might get exposed a couple times. And I think what will be interesting to be watching is his response to that and whether or not and how he takes that, that match and whether he's able to keep that confidence and and not get overwhelmed by what's happening on the field. So you're assuming Tanner starts. I'm going to go. Yeah. I'm going to go the, the midfield being um, Reggie on the right. And then Tanner, uh, Santos and I think Paxton gets a start as, as well. Who, who's on? Who's on the left? It's got to be Hollingshead. You got to defend first, and then yeah. attack. So I, I, and you know we saw last season that he's got it in him to to get creative and and, and attack the goal if he wants to cut inside. So I, I got to go with Hollingshead. I'm just doing some math and making sure we don't we don't have any extra extra players. Um, yeah, I would I would agree that it's that it's Hollingshead, and, and I also think it's going to be Paxton, which would be very interesting. Um, but I think it's Paxton for Tessman. Oh, so I have to actually I have to actually so draw. Thinking... I, I don't, I, yeah, I don't I don't think I don't think that I, I think the middle is going to be um, Santos and Paxton. Okay, so then there's. So did you? So you see, said three. See, this five, is what happens when I don't write things. Down I know, right? Those, we should, we need when we used to do YouTube videos, we'd have graphics up and everything. Um, so so your so your, the back line would be the three would be Brisson, mm-hmm. uh, Ziegler, and Hedges. Right. Uh, left would be Hollingshead. Right would be Reggie. Okay. And then for the three. Um, hmm. Yeah, there's, no, there's one missing right. from your earlier prediction. That yeah, I... that's the problem. All right, so so maybe you're so maybe you are right then, right? Maybe it is because I don't th- I don't think Acosta or Cervania are, are 90 minute fit. So um, basically, all I'm saying, I guess, is is I agree with you then, because yeah, because I, I don't know who else you would put in that second kind of holding midfielder role. We're doing a lot of agreement. I think the only the only game I guess I I, I suggested three five two before the Montreal game, um, but. Oops. So other than that, like we're pretty well spot on. There's two games in a row or two games that we've had. The the only other thing would be, you know, you could potentially have Fafa on the left on the left wing as playing as a winger, but but I agree. I think that's it's more likely gonna be uh gonna be Hollingshead. Agreed. Uh score predictions last week. I got the tie right. You you predicted a win. Uh I didn't get the score right. Jonathan, do you think the FC Dallas comes away with any points up in New York City? Well, so so Lucci said this year he's holding the team to a higher standard when they're playing away and that he's expecting the team to start get, going out and getting points. I, however, am not Lucci, and I expect they're going to lose 2-1. to one. Interesting. I, I'm going to stick with a draw. I'm going to stick with my 1-1 one, one draw. I, I think that, yeah, I, yeah, I'm just gonna stick with the draw. I don't really have anything to add to that. No, no other clairvoyant moments going on. Uh, but yeah, we shall see. FC Dallas travels up there on Saturday at 11:30 Central. So get your 
TXA21 on, get your ESPN and VPN out. However you're going to watch the game, uh, you pull it out and and watch it. So, all right. We are the Dallas Soccer Show. We are at dallassoccershow.com, Dallas Soccer Show on Twitter. Jonathan is Jonathan Roz 12 on Twitter as well. So he, he's always, he's out at the, the practices quite a bit as of late. So if you want to see some training notes or observations, you can check him out and, and see what, what he's got going on his Twitter account. And as always, thanks for listening. Thanks all.